Welcome everybody to a new episode of Real Talk. Today I don't have my usual guest Brad Solomon with me, but today we have Anna, Anna Garba. Uh, Anna is an accomplished HR director, has lots of experience in learning and development, and she first appeared on a special episode that we made about the art of saying no. And Anna and I kept talking and today we're together um, talking about a subject that bear with us, sounds a little strange, but it has a lot of depth. And the subject is, the, the subject that we're going to put out of front is, how do you recover from failure and setbacks as a leader? But we're going to talk about a particular instrument that is called self-compassion. And we're going to run you through it. And yeah, I believe you'll find it very, very interesting. But first of all, hello, Anna. Welcome to the show. Hello, Frank. Thank you so much for having me and for uh, suggesting this uh, great topic that it made me uh, think a lot. And I'm looking forward uh, for our discussion. Me too, Anna. So actually, to be honest, let's, let's dive into it with, um, let's say, a situation that might not be so atypical for the times that we live in. So we were okay. saying that we we're going to talk about how do you recover from failure and setbacks and you know, tough times as a leader. As a leader in particular, because in, you know, in some situations, being a leader is incredibly hard. It, it challenges you with having to make tough decisions sometimes where no decision that you could take has an exclusively good end. Uh, but some decisions need to be taken. So for example, um, maybe you can emphasize, emphasize with that because you are an HR director. I'm going to um, have a scenario for you just for, you, for us to explain a little bit what this means. So imagine in a hypothetical company in which you would be the HR director, the company has been suffering through the pandemic, the business was going down and you can't pay everybody's salaries and the bills anymore as you used to. So you're facing a decision of either closing down the company or surviving a little bit longer by cutting half of the workforce. So while that may sound like a logical decision, somebody, and usually the leaders, they need to execute this. They need to take the decision and they carry the weight of that decision. So unless they're stone cold, I think there will be barely a leader on the planet who isn't going to somehow suffer, feel guilty, feel you know, strongly sympathizing with taking such a decision, correct? So that is the, our hypothetical scenario, Anna. And I was wondering if you can explain a little bit what we would propose or what you would propose, how as a leader, you could deal with such a situation. Okay, so that's a tough one. I didn't uh, expect uh, this. And uh, I think it's very relevant for the times that we're living. Uh, and we have seen this a lot around us, many companies fa facing uh, difficulties. So, uh, first of all, I think that if I found myself in this situation, uh, I would really need someone close to me to support me during uh, these times. And uh, what better person to do this than myself? Uh, first of all, because of uh, confidentiality, 
that you can't really go and talk about uh, these kind of situations. But uh, second of all is that you can't rely totally on support from outside if you are not able to provide yourself the same type of support. So I think that uh, in this situation, uh, I would try to treat myself uh, in the same way I would treat a friend in need, like not being too judgmental, uh, acknowledging that the situation, it is what it is, and that even in human resources, you have two aspects. You have the business part and you have the human part. And so this goes uh, hand in hand. And uh, of course, that any business decision is reflected and has consequences upon people. So that's why it's, it's very tough. So I think the most important here would be to develop a coping mechanism within yourself and trying to see uh, and accept what can actually be done and what it is up to you and what it has to be accepted as it is. And I think that the interesting thing when you develop uh, self-compassion is that you, bec you become more compassionate towards others also. And I think that when you commit to this uh, uplifting in yourself, you can become uh, more supportive for others also. And instead of being critical and harsh and blaming yourself and beating you down, it leads you to a more constructive uh, attitude and it develops a bit of resilience. So there, there was a lot on in there that you were just saying. Um, one of the things that I took out was, first of all, to begin with, you, you were saying something like a nice thing to have in such a situation would actually be a friend. I assume what you mean is, what, from my perspective at least, what a good friend could be doing if I'm in a tough situation is to, first of all, help me to you know not deny what's happening and but also to make sure and i think that would be an important part to at the same time do not over inflate you know my 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 feelings with this to so try to you know not deny but also not to over inflate how i feel about these things not to die you know completely catastrophize and dive too deep into the situation so that the friend would allow me with, by the things he would say to me to also gain some sort of perspective. I heard you say that word also. Um, so is that correct? Yeah, I think that's one way of, uh, one way of seeing it. Uh, also, uh, it just uh, popped in my mind while you were saying this, that sometimes we don't even know what we feel. And we have to, to label a bit. Okay, how do I feel? I feel angry. I feel disappointed. I feel powerless. And maybe uh, before offering self-compassion, what a friend would do would ask this. How do you feel about this? How do you really feel about this? And if we question ourselves and first identify all this range of emotions, and I'm sure that they are strong emotions, we could even be furious, you know, 
not uh, about a person, but about the situation itself. So once we know what we are dealing with in terms of emotion, then I think uh, that friend, that good friend would also say, but look, yours, you did everything you could. You put up with a backup plan for those people. Uh, you have a strong uh, business plan for recovery and probably some of those people could come back. So it brings you a bit of perspective if you just step out of that black hole and uh, you start developing more serious uh, plan. I think that the biggest risk uh, when we are not self-compassionate is that we spend a lot of time there in that uh, turmoil and we don't focus enough on perspectives and what could actually uh, be done. And uh, also from what I've been reading and studying in the past years, there has been a keen interest into this self-compassion as a key uh, trait for leadership. And although usually we know that leadership and managers never fail, <laughs> nobody puts a failure on their CV, uh, but I think uh, this experience are lessons to learn and are also growth opportunities. So um, even uh, uh, training companies have adapted to this and have introduced uh, self-compassion uh, trainings for uh, managers and for top management. Yeah, you know, it makes sense, uh, I would say. It sounds to me like very naturally this self-compassion, which includes apparently multiple components. It can, can, uh, contains awareness about one situation. It contains perspective, but it also contains apparently some sort of um, forgiveness for you know, yourself, the, the, your, your part in maybe uh, the failure or the setback so that you can actually move on. Yeah, I totally agree. And in I that totally sense, agree. I'm sorry, it sounds like it's the, it's the fundament for resilience. And yes, resilience is certainly, right. <laughs> once again, just had to think for a moment, uh, and resilience certainly is uh, on the agenda of uh, top leadership skills, especially, especially when you also think about um, the the VUCA world, you know, like volatile, you know, volatile and uncertain, and so on. Uh, times that that we live in, um, then that is a top skill. Yes, that's that's true, and it's very interesting that you that you mentioned uh, this because sometimes we disguise certain concepts under uh, names that are more appealing, or under names that don't make us feel uh, weak uh, or less competitive, and I think it's high time we accepted. Uh, that actually it makes us even stronger because first of all, we are human and then we are uh, business leaders and uh, I don't know, uh, managers. So I think everything, it starts from this, from this relationship with our own uh, humanity. And uh, regarding this, uh, there is a very interesting uh, concept that I came across. And um, one way to develop more self-compassion, in fact, is 
to uh, be aware of this humanity. And what does humanity means? That uh, when you are stuck in your own ego, why does this happen to me? Uh, I'm so unlucky. Uh, you don't have a broader perspective. When you move towards humanity, this means I'm not, I'm not the only one that's facing this. I have so yeah. many friends or I've been reading or this is happening all over the world. So this is not about taking joy in others' misery. It's about uh, finding resilience together and also realizing that uh, the same thing is happening to many other people. And maybe even if you don't know them, I think it brings a bit of relief that uh, you know that there is a not very obvious support, but I think we could support each other, yes. even from a distance, you know? I agree. And actually, I like that uh, very much, this perspective of realizing for oneself that you're not the first one, maybe, that has been gone through a particular situation. And I think, although that doesn't solve your problem, it, it definitely contributes to the fact that you, that you stop you know, thinking this is a dead-end street. There's no way out of the catastrophe that you're living right now. Uh, because you can you know, look back or look around you and see there are other people who have been in a similar situation and they recovered from it. So that can give you confidence that you can recover too. Yes. That's, that's right. There was one thing that you mentioned uh, earlier, and I want to talk about this a little bit, um, about that self-compassion has actually been labeled already as a critical leadership skill by uh, institutions such as you know, Harvard Business Review and so on. They have been putting this on the list of, of uh, top leadership skills. I have to say, maybe it's also maybe for the viewers, the, the subject wasn't my idea, it was Anna's idea. She came up with it and said, why don't we talk about um, self-compassion? And for, for a second, I thought something like, ah, oh, come on, this is such a, you know, let's all be vulnerable kind of thing. And I don't know if that would be helping so much, but I didn't know the term, to be honest. So I looked it up and the one, there was one sentence in, uh, that was describing what this really is that sold it to me, Anna. And that was, the, the sentence that said, in simple terms, self-compassion means that you treat yourself in tough situations as you would a friend. And that makes so much sense, especially, I mean, to be honest, the higher you are in a, in, in a, in a, in a hierarchy, the more alone you are. That's not a, with your decisions. You carry all the responsibility. And you also carry the responsibility for the results of your actions. And this is a very, this can be a very, very lonely place. And as you pointed out, there are even situations you, you, you can't speak with anybody about because they maybe have a very, very um, you know, sensitive nature. So you need to, you're, you're alone with this very often. So treating yourself as you would a friend is a, such a useful mindset and I know that I probably if you would call somebody out in a, in a group of leaders and managers from, from, from various companies, how many would really raise their hand and say, yes, I'm having, I, I had really tough situations that, you know, brought me somewhere to the edge of not knowing what to do next and something. Very few people will raise their hand. 
because nobody wants to admit that it's part of their life as a leader, as you mentioned, you know, uh, nobody puts failures in their CV. People do not like to admit this kind of thing. But I think in the context of, for example, this episode where there is no live audience, we're not asking anybody to raise their hand. I'm sure that a, a lot of leaders that are, you know, watching this and, and following the conversation will secretly admit that, yes, I had these moments also. And they were not nice and they were hard and they were lonely. So I, I really hope that this is something that, you know, we can achieve perhaps through this to raise a little bit the awareness that as a leader, you need to remind yourself to be compassionate with yourself, to be a friend for yourself. Correct? Yeah. Or how would you phrase it? <laughs> that's right. And also, I think that if you really are a good leader, you have to take into account uh, that failure is part of your uh, professional uh, career, is part of your path. And it's, it's utopic to say that I only have achievements and I only bring results and I have never faced a setback because somehow this would mean that we are unprepared because this is life, you have ups and downs, uh, even economic cycles, you have crisis and then you have development and this goes uh, on and on. But I, I wouldn't go on blaming people for not doing this because we are also a bit conditioned uh, by society and by a previous type of management and we've been through stick and carrot for a, long, uh, uh, for a lot of time and all this uh, intrinsic motivation and uh, all these uh, soft skills that are now brought into light are somehow recent, depending on sure. how old the capitalism is, but also depending on the type of uh, culture in, uh, in companies. But still, I see a lot of things happening in this area, even in terms of talking more about emotional environment in a company. But usually the funny thing is that people bring these kind of uh, programs for their employees, but I didn't really heard managers saying, wow, uh, the, the training that I was proposed to go to was something about self-compassion or emotion in, uh, intelligent, in, emotional intelligence. Usually people go to higher um, education uh, courses that bring them just more practical skills related to what they are actually doing. And e step by step, I think this is the target and we all the people in the learning and development uh, area uh, are really big fan and support this idea of putting it in the curricula. This is, I don't know, as important as reaching your business uh, KPIs. Yes, you know what, I just had to start when you were saying this, if we learn you know, certain skills um, <clears throat> that have to do with our job then as, as leaders or managers, then often we learn what to do when the situation comes, but we not necessarily learn how to deal with it. And deal with it, I mean, how do you cope with something that you actually didn't really sign up for? It's not what you hope would happen. It's tough, it's hard, it's, uh, it's maybe awful, or uh, you made a mistake that you really deeply regret. Right. So how, how to recover, how to deal with that is something that, 
um, so far you learn very little about. Um, and that's why I believe actually it has been to put on, uh, on the list of essential leadership skills, the self-compassion. Yes, it has been put because, uh, you know, usually uh, we do what we are told to do or we make a to-do list at the beginning of the day and we know that if that thing is there, it has to be done. So also this practice of self-kindness should be on our to-do list. Uh, and now I will move a bit uh, the discussion um, to a subject that a lot of people uh, I think have heard of, meaning uh, there is this trend of the gratitude journal, yes? Uh, so maybe instead of uh, thinking five minutes every day, at the end of the day, before we sleep, uh, what are we grateful for during these hard times? I think we should ask ourselves, how can I be self-compassionate towards me in these hard times? What did I do today for me? And do I still have time to do something nice for me? And sometimes this, okay, could be maybe offering some comforting thoughts for ourselves, but also could be some, doing some small gestures that would, uh, would make us that feel we deserve a good rest. Yes, because, I think that's related. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if your friends or maybe managers have told you these days, but I've heard a lot of people that can't sleep because of anxiety, because they are worried or because they are trying to face the, um, to, to find the best solutions for their teams and their companies. And sometimes when I hear their speech, um, I am under the, the impression that they feel that they don't deserve a good night rest, that they don't deserve to uh, take it easy for a bit, you know, like try to look at the things from another perspective. And sometimes this self-kindness could also mean just little, little things like giving yourself enough time to rest, detach a bit from the problem and then go back to it with fresh energy and maybe a better approach. Yes, um, let me just, I have made this little note here about something that you were just saying. So first of all, the, uh, the, the gratitude journal, whether you actually write it down or just spend a minute thinking about this is um, a tool, I think, to create perspective and through perspective, you create balance. And, and when you balance, you're neither you know, ignoring nor you're catastrophizing. So you uh, have, you're on a state of mind that allows you to get clarity. Clarity yes. on what can you do? What can I control? Um, without developing uh, a degree of guilt that may be paralyzing or may make you overreacting. And what you were just describing, that was the other note that I took is, um, when, when the people that you were speaking with that were saying they're, you know, they, they don't allow themselves, you know, the moment of rest or the moment of re recovering. Uh, I believe in some of those cases, if not in most of those cases, it is because probably they carry a um, unhealthy amount of responsibility, perhaps even guilt for the situation they're confronted with. Um, and, and so they don't allow themselves to take that a little bit of rest, to get to get that peace of mind, to you know get that peace of 
you know, self-forgiveness even sometimes, depending on what, was, what has happened, to then move on with perspective to develop a degree of clarity. And I think that was something that I actually read about um, self-compassion also. Self-compassion in itself is not a very complicated um, tool. It may be hard for you to do if you're not used to it, but in, in itself, it's not complicated. What it does though, if you apply it, it has you know, multiple benefits on other leadership aspects. Some of them we mentioned already. One is you have a, you know, a heightened degree of empathy. When you train empathy and compassion for yourself, it would be so much easier to also deploy this to others. We just mentioned you get perspective and perspective is um, a, f a fundament for you to take the smartest decisions because they're not emotionally or they're fear-based or something like that. Um, and in addition, of course, uh, what, what you also develop is uh, this, how do you say this, this clarity also with regards to how should, can I be treating the people around me? And the, all that comes from that you have been practicing, how can you be a friend to yourself? And you can be a friend to yourself. It's very easy also to be a friend to not just the people around you, but also deploy this, this degree of kindness to, um, to the process of you know, a company, for example. And uh, so I think it has a lot of uh, secondary effects, uh, this compassion, self-compassion. Very good points, Frank. I really like how you stressed out uh, some of the things that we, we've been talking about. Um, I'm thinking about something, and now I want to ask you, because you're a man, and uh, do you think that it will be more difficult for men than women uh, that are in leadership and management position to develop this skill? I don't know. I was asking. I can't this. be sure. What I don't know, honestly, I, I really don't know. Okay. I, I, I now I tend to think no, it's not going to be a difference. I don't know. Tell me, what do you think? Thank you for answering. Uh, I asked you this because I realized something. Uh, women are brought in a way, and in a natural way, we express more our feelings. We are able to identify exactly what you what we feel the range of emotions let's say in a more natural way because we do a bit of introspection and this introspection is not it's something that i heard from friends and from managers that men uh, are not so keen uh, to do and that's why starting from the first step that in order to be self-compassionate, you have to identify what you actually feel. And this means spending some time with yourself and looking inside and not outside. And uh, somehow uh, it only popped my mind this, that it will be, uh, it might be more difficult for, uh, for men than for uh, women. Also, switching now the sides, I think it will be maybe a bit more difficult for women to not to be so caught up in the emotions and move faster to making an action plan. So that could be yeah, one, possibly. Uh, one perspective. Yeah, that might be true. Um, I'm, not den I'm not denying that. That might actually be true. So, but I think the differentiation is possibly more in that it may be harder for the, let's say the cliche men 
to decide to want to even look into self-compassion. But once, you know, either gender decides that they want to exercise and deploy this, then I'm not sure if, if the differences will be so large. But I don't know, I like that's hypothetical. Yeah, anyway, yeah. one thing is for sure, we are all the same. I mean, feelings and uh, what happens inside us in difficult times uh, is not very different. So emotions are the same, the way uh, we are all humans, so the type of reactions are similar, so it doesn't really matter uh, the gender because we are all in this. And uh, if we come back to that term of humanity, I think this is what actually is, the fact that no matter the geography, the rank, uh, the responsibilities, the type of industry, we are all facing the same, uh, the same problems. And probably that's why this skill uh, will be more and more promoted and people will learn to, to make use of it because it's applicable on a general uh, level. Yes, I hope so. I really hope so. So let's um, maybe let's summarize this a little bit. And great. On, on the one side, we were saying self-compassion is, and that's the high level uh, message of this episode is really how self-compassion is probably your first aid kit tool. If as a leader, you're facing or have to recover from failure, tough times or setbacks. Would be a nice uh, way to say it like this, right? So that's kind of the first thing that you can do to help you recover from these kinds of uh, situations and the associated feelings is to deploy self-compassion uh, towards yourself, meaning deliberately treating you as you would treat a friend. Yes, that's a great so to uh, remember, isn't it? I mean, we've been yeah. talking about so many terms like mindfulness and perspective and so on and so forth. But nobody will remember that. It's too complicated. I think the really yeah. easy thing to remember is you go into a tough time, you have to recover from failure or from a major setback, and you're, you feel relatively alone, then treat yourself as you would treat a friend. To me, that's yes. the recipe. It is, it is. And uh, I would like to, to talk now a bit with our viewers, hoping Please. that uh, they will like this topic. And I want to encourage them to give us some feedback or maybe they want to share something out of their uh, own experience regarding uh, this. I mean, maybe they didn't do it, maybe they did it. It would be very interesting to see uh, how do people feel about this. I would like and that too. So to everybody, we're going to uh, post this. You're probably going to see this, uh, well, you can see this in multiple places here. There's a podcast or see it on YouTube. But we're going to um, invite you to come into a discussion and share experiences uh, when we post it on LinkedIn. Okay, that's, that's, that's great. Seems like a good summary for me, Anna. Thank you so much for these great insights that you were sharing. Thank you for challenging me. I have to admit that uh, it was uh, not an easy talk, but for sure it was a real talk. <laughs> so uh, thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. Bye, Anna. Bye-bye.